There was this uh, Merrill Lynch. Merrill Lynch has had two kind of interesting, weird stories that have been litigation in. Um, one of them I thought was really weird because the financial advisor got sentenced to 40 years in prison. I feel like this guy took the entire brunt of the 2008 recession on the chin. <laughs> Four, yeah. 40 years. Yeah. 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 Four decades. That's yeah, I would agree that that's, that's what a that long is. Time. <laughs> but is it a white is it a white collar jail? So it's just like yeah, you just have to go to a country club for forty years. You can't leave. I mean, I'm I I don't know what Merrill Robertson uh, Jr. looks like. Let's His see name is Merrill too. Yeah, it's cute. and it's Merrill Lynch. That's yeah. not right. <laughs> it's cute. A white collar right? crime jail has squash courts. Yeah, yeah, they have highlight. Do they really? They have uh, sensory deprivation chambers that you can go into that are not. The same as yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sick. All right. Oh, well, this that's right. Well, I this like might that. be the only if this if, if this is a country club, this might be the only way that this person gets into a country club because that's how racist they are. Uh-oh. This person was a wow. yeah. <laughs> this person was a black um, David. <laughs> <laughs> it was Merrill Robinson is a, a former University of Virginia and Philadelphia Eagles linebacker. Who oh, okay, he at, played for the Eagles. He played for the Eagles. Fly does Eagles fly. Does he have a ring? They won a Super Bowl. Uh, oh my God! Did does he have a ring? That's really important. Oh, why didn't I do the research on this man? Well, I mean, if he was a linebacker in the past no. two, three years, then then he would. I think that he was. Um, it looks like he began his his. You know, th- this all happened in 2016. So when he wasn't linebackering, he was uh, <laughs> moonlighting as a getting getting a degree in financial analyzing. He was, yeah. <laughs> he what? got. He got. What I really want to do is be a financier. Yeah, right. he wants. Yeah, he wants to be like a mid-tier financial analyst. So that's like you, the really what he's like spending some of his money on a Bloomberg terminal or, or like what? <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? This is. Did he get accredited at a Trump University? So he was registered with the Wirehouse to work for Merrill Lynch from April two thousand eight to December two thousand and nine. Okay, short stint. Short stint. <laughs> so he, um, and him and Sherman Vaughn Jr. launched Cla- Cavalier Union Investments and Black Bull Wealth Management. And from 2008 to 2016, solicited money from investors to purportedly invest in private funds and other instruments. But instead, they deposited the money into business accounts, took commissions on top of that, and spent the money on vacations, mortgages, jewelry, school tuition, and charitable donations. <laughs> Did they feel like they'd never get caught? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> oh, man, this is a real this is a real movie pass situation all over. He's yeah. Just it's a, it's frisking very, the rich. Yeah, <laughs> I like it's a it. very take the money and run. Did he just assume that they would, once they figured out they got burned, that they wouldn't tell anybody out of shame? Robert, yeah, because he's, a, he's, a, he's an eagle. Because <laughs> he's just yeah. such a successful you football can't player. Shame and eagle. It's one of the most predatory birds. Like, <laughs> so, what company did you give your money to? Oh, yeah, Black Bull Equity. What Black was Bull Wealth Management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black okay. Black Bull. Like, I'm not thinking bull differently. B O W L, right? Uh, you are thinking of it incorrectly. It's B U L L. Oh, you, okay. So you El just say toro. you just say you El just toro. say uh, bull weird. I, heard, I say bull weird. Yeah, you, you just said bowl, like cereal bowl. How do I say bowl? You, you just, just, said, you just bowl? said bowl again. Yeah. Bowl? It's yeah. bowl. Bowl. Yeah, bowl. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm riding my bowl to work today. I'm yeah. riding my bowl to work. That's, you, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
Whoa! What are you using the spoon as a paddle? That's not. Yeah, uh, just, you, now you sound like one of those Rice Krispie elves. Uh, I did not come here to be shamed. <laughs> I no, have a speech impediment. It's, no, where it's your regional... animals sound like utensils. No, right? it's like a very it's subtle regional dialect differences. It happens all over the country. I learned something, guys. I've learned something new today, and so have we all, except for Danny, who apparently knew that. Ha, did you think that I was saying bull? I knew you were saying bull. Bull. Yeah. Bull. Look, but I know did, that in fact. But I know it, it does sound like bull. Yeah. Bull. Oh, fuck. Gabe acknowledges that it, this is not me making something out of nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the that's been the podcast. Thanks, everyone. Black Good night. Bull. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, he, so, Robert, so, an interesting thing is uh, Robertson also convinced some investors to take out loans to, that would wipe out their retirement savings. Oh, to take out loans that wiped out their entire retirement savings or left them with poor credit ratings, according to the paper. According to this is from originally reported in the Richmond Times Dispatch. Um, yeah, uh, but then but, I was re- wait. So he's also just doing the finance finance industry on like a, a smaller scale. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's just wiping out people's retirements, but like it's it's just him. <laughs> I mean, this this kind of stuff happens all the time. This is why I love reading like all these yeah. little cases is because there's all these weird cases of like random financial analysts, like your dad's one rich friend who like is a financial analyst and has like six clients mm-hmm. in like Tulsa, and there are hundreds of thousands of people like this all over the country, and they just commit. Some of them just commit really weird specific crimes, and it's funny. I mean, they rip off people, and that's bad, but. You, we must acknowledge that crime is sometimes funny. He was doing uh, conspiracy mail and wire fraud and money laundering, targeting his family, teammates, coaches, and churchgoers. Aww. This is just his community. 63 it, investors, $9 million. Yeah. Some people just want to see the world burn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go uh, Eagles. <laughs> fly Eagles fly. Uh, uh-huh. so yeah, but it is, I, I must say, it is insane that he got 40 years in prison for this. Well, I mean, now that we know what we know, I mean, is that I mean, is this like the Justice Department, like just being like, oh, now we'll enforce this white collar crime when all of a sudden it's black collar crime? Like, you know, honestly, you know, that, that's kind of like what the first yeah. thing that comes to my head when I see yeah, this yeah. stuff. I mean, like. Jamie Dimon, for, you know, like CEO of J.P. Morgan, yeah. didn't get anything from the financial crisis. No one got anything. They, they got a bailout. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was no prosecutions from the financial crisis, and this guy gets forty years. Forty years. I mean, Michael Flynn got just got six months today. Yeah. Like they, the, the prosecutor's like, you know, what? we're gonna go hard on him. We're gonna give him a half year. Yeah. Like, it, it, ugh, my the, and. and that's this is yeah no this is a this is a whole other this is a whole other thing it's yeah you can't expect it's like jesus christ you you put an entire uh you you constantly tell an entire uh group of the the population and just like no you guys aren't allowed to do like finance or it's like it's not your place or whatever and then somebody's like no i'm really actually gonna do it and then be like i'm gonna take a little off the side and they're just like no we're throwing all, we're throwing a, a goddamn library at you. Not just one book. All uh, every book is it's coming your way. You well, know? I do want to see an interview with uh, with this linebacker to hear his side of the story. Yeah, me too. You know, I like, well, to. I just I needed uh, I needed to, I needed that vacation. Well, yeah. It, l- listen, uh, if you're listening, uh, Meryl Robertson, uh, come on Ponzi's scream. Come on the pod. Yeah. We'll give you. We'll give you a. You know. We'll let you 
speak your truth. Say, yeah. Say what you honestly think. You're you've already been sentenced. You know. Yeah. Or if you're in jail, you could talk on the phone. I'll put the we'll put the phone up to the, the the recorder. You know. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, we'll do that, man. Yeah, yeah. Um. So uh, I can't believe his name is Merrill. <laughs> they thought he was Merrill Lynch. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys want to move on? Do you guys want to talk yeah. about the real thing? Yeah, like, sure. Real what, let, let's uh, let's get get to the uh, main dish. Well, today. we got a couple. We got two main dishes. We got a, what's the first? What entree? Porterhouse. So, yeah, today is like this is the pasta dish if we're at an Italian restaurant. Okay. So is it one of those shitty pasta dishes where it's only like actually five raviolis? And you're like, this is not a dish. Is this a real? Is this a meal? Um, I'd say, I'd say it's a, I'd say it's a real meal. Okay. Um, so look guys, we, uh, again, we don't know when this episode's going to air, but Danny will be a little bit older Mm -hmm. and we may be an active war with Iran at the time. That's right. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Like, I think that I just saw, um, something right before, um, I walked in here that Iran, Fired at some U.S. air bases. Cool. Why not? So, Parity. Where, where, were Parity. These, where were these air bases? Was this close by in, us, in, or is this somewhere in Iraq? Is, okay, in Iraq. Oh, okay. In Iraq. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, they're neighbors. Yeah, technically, it is west, so it is closer to us in the global sense. Yeah, but not much more than that. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, R.I.P. to uh, General Soleimani. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. to a real one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, one thing that I've really loved about this whole thing, I will say, is like seeing um, Trump and Hassan Rouhani subtweet each other, um, <laughs> j- like like they're like uh, in a group chat for like a high school science project, yeah, or some shit. Just like it's just the most passive aggressive childish thing I've ever seen. Like Trump's like. 52 cultural heritage sites we're going to destroy based off the 52 kidnapped. And Hassan Rouhani just comes back and he's like, I don't know, we're going to come back with 310. <laughs> 310 people died in a plane crash. And just, it's... Um, Somebody's right. not... Oh, oh, look, there's five of us in this group and only two of us are doing any work. The only heroes you have in the U.S. are SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. Like, he just yeah. has ridiculous things like that. You good. Know? It's good, it's good, it's wholesome, it's nice. Um, and meanwhile, the American press is, um, their TV pundits, um, this is from The Intercept, praising Soleimani's assassination, um, neglect to disclose their ties to the arms industry. That's right, people, because we're not just talking about war. We're talking about the business of war. So all of these of pundits war. should have to wear NASCAR jackets that just have all <laughs> of their sponsors on them. <laughs> One of the... So, like, <laughs> uh, David Petraeus for himself works... Like p- currently works for KKR, which is a big global investment firm. Does a lot of private equity. If you um, have been like, if your company like Toys R Us has been fucked over by private equity, there's a reasonable chance KKR bought you out and then like looted you and ran. Yeah. Um, so private equity is like a total scam, right? It's a uh, can like it's predatory. Yeah, it's predatory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll probably we'll, we'll, we'll probably have to get into private equity. We, <laughs> in, yeah. In some greater depth. Yeah, there's a lot to say about private equity, um, and we'll get into. We can talk about it a little bit when we get to um, the meat entree. Yeah, yeah, the, the, pro, the protein. Um, the protein entree. Yeah, meat. Uh, yeah, just protein. But right yeah. now we're talking about general general P. So he and uh, yeah. KKR. Yes. So KKR um, works on. Um, they actively have a lot of investments in addition to doing private equity stuff they have like registered investments so we've talked about how there's two different kinds of funds right there's private funds and then there's registered funds that's correct private private equity is a private fund hedge funds are private fund venture capital 
as private funds. Um, you going in on a bet with your friends um, on something, or like you guys going in on, on a business will, endeavor. On, if you guys, on, yeah, like, like uh, if if you guys did like a um, like rent rented a timeshare together. That would technically be a private fund, arguably. You can make kind of an argument. Who can go the okay. longest without beating off on the timeshare? Yes. I, we all know <laughs> this is a, a, a very common thing, David. So whereas like a registered fund is more open, anyone can, can buy into it. It's yes. open source. So they have – KKR has private and registered, and some of the registered has like direct ties in the arms industry. Mm-hmm. And like uh, they're getting like government – they're like riding like, you know – uh, defense budgets and like you know whatever like private defense military contractors they may, they may have like partial ownership in. So they get horny whenever the war drums start banging. Yeah. So I mean, like David Petraeus is member and chairman of the KKR Global Institute. Okay, I'm I'm reading off the website. Okay, he joined KKR in 2013. Um, had he left the Obama administration? I don't know. When did he leave the Obama <laughs> administration? Yeah, this is uh, going to be an ongoing theme of overlapping titles. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, chairman of the KKR Global Institute, which supports KKR's investment committees, portfolio companies, investors with analysis of geopolitical and macroeconomic trends, as well as uh, environmental, social, and governance issues, member of the board of directors of Optiv, which does cybersecurity, OneStream business software. Okay? This sounds like a t-shirt company that a friend made up. (laughs) Like, like, it's it's all fake. (laughs) Oh, you're doing deliveries now? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I got this thing Optiv on the side, dude. It's It's great. It's cyber. Yeah, it's all We're really into the cyber. It's awesome. I can do do a mic, go do my Optiv cybersecurity work, and then go do another one, you know? And what what about being a general lends itself to then uh, transitioning into finance and cybersecurity? Well... (laughs) (laughs) i think (laughs) i think napoleon bonaparte summed it up best uh no i right he's like man if i could have just retired on in corsica (laughs) and become like an it bro yeah and worked on your portfolio for you it would have been hilarious if like napoleon bonaparte got like exiled and then he got in some like investment fraud scheme with the penguins on the island that he was on or some shit like dude yeah if you were only on that island just him or whatever you'd be like yeah we we run this we run a firm here yeah. <laughs> he's like sure i'll trust you with my portfolio yeah man yeah, you seem yeah. like a smart guy hey capitalism hasn't been invented yet all right let's start you, it now <laughs> you made it almost you almost made it to moscow man. yeah that's awesome i trust your judgment yeah um so i don't know honestly i mean like obviously there's no good answer to that right mm. i mean a, a, like a what like an educated guest would be he deals with defense budgets all the time. He knows how to manage a budget. Um, he's the he- he's the head of a big organization. In addition to being, you know, some sort of like military having military acumen, he has to have leadership and management and accounting sort of. It's funny understanding because and budgeting, ac- you know, understanding the uh, yes and the military though, since it is a nonprofit. <laughs> organization five one three c baby yeah i mean he, he's out he's out there knowing how to spend money he, he yeah baby he's part of an institution that hemorrhages money to a bunch of parasites yeah and uh vendors and suppliers so yeah well he's he, gonna have those connections too he, he, yeah as a ceo he's like the perfect root like he would be the a rube mm-hmm. he, yeah not, not the guy who's actually accumulating wealth but i guess he now knows you know You've got like a shadowy figure behind him being like, yeah, so who's your friend that buys all the missiles again? Like, that, like that's what he's for. You know, he's a pawn. Yes. And, and, and it, he is kind of occupying that role now. I mean, this is the thing. If you're a high-profile person like David Petraeus, you have a place um, 
when you're working for one of these sorts of firms where you are essentially a lobbyist for this firm's interests. Yes. Okay. Like you are the front face. You are using your connections to advance the firm's investments within the beltway and within like the Pentagon larger like um, scene. But you are also appearing on TV and like saying things that support KKR investments. Like people will bring you on TV and just say retired general David Petraeus and everyone around the country thinks like oh he's retired he just sits in a rocking chair all day and like adorns his feather he's an armchair like strategist you know they think he's got like maps in his place and he's just like you know reading a book yeah. with like a pipe in his hand he's got yeah, a, yeah 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 he's, like he's a got thoughtful... a long he's got a long term game of risk going on yeah he's just like <laughs> listening to FDR on the radio and like drinking lemonade that's what they think he does right. but no he works for fucking KKR and he's like a public facing representative of KKR essentially like it, it's that it, it's um yeah they're using him for his um clout it's almost like he's name. stealing valor now because he's not wearing a business suit he's wearing his He's where like to us, he looks like he's still in uniform mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he's a general. Yeah, but he's really not anymore. He's like a he's a salesman. Yes, and like a, <laughs> and like a shill for like uranium tipped bullets. Like that's what he's trying. That's yeah. his goal is to sell those. I like that. I like that idea that he has stolen valor, and that makes me feel justified of when I was accused of stealing valor David, did <laughs> to get steal, into college. Did or you whatever. steal valor just to get into college? Man. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Count, you were like, I'm in the ROTC, but you really I'm in the Salvation Army, dude. These clothes you saw, I got off the fucking floor. Leave me alone. I listened to Seven Nation Army once. Yeah. Look. There's a few more people that were in this um, article that we can look into. Jack Keane, a retired Army general, appeared on Fox News and NPR uh, to praise Trump for the strike on Soleimani. Um, Keane has worked for military companies including General Dynamics, boo, and Blackwater, boo. Oh, no. He serves as a partner at SCP Partners, a venture capital firm that invests in defense contractors. Van Hip. Chair of the lobbying firm American Defense Institutional, which represents more than two dozen defense contractors. So he's literally just a lobbyist, mm-hmm. okay? Um, like a like the PR person for like for the lobby for the, for this um, lobbying firm. So his job is to show up and hand out pens to Congress people <laughs> that say General <laughs> Dynamics. Yeah, 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 yeah that just break in two in two months. Um. Yeah. Right. So the, take, he's like, or you have them for like 15 years later, and you're like, why do I have a general? Wh- yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this like, is pointless. How's that? How's that sc- I was in Scottsdale 15 years ago. Yeah. Like, what the hell? How did I get there? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's so like they, they represent, you know, Raytheon, Palantir, General Atomics, uh, the manufacturer of the MQ9 Reaper drone used in the Soleimani slaying. Holy shit! Wow, um, the Reaper. <laughs> Wait, they're just calling a drone a Reaper? You can't. That's too on the nose. <laughs> you got to call it something not, instead, like you know, uh, like Sterling <laughs> Sterling Defense, the or, Cloud Cuddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not one of the ghosts that visit Scrooge after yeah. Christmas. <laughs> Like grandfather's resolve. I yeah, like you gotta call. <laughs> oh wow, that sounds like the name of a ship. That should be painted wood grain. <laughs> yeah, it's just got sarin gas inside it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so David Petraeus uh, was quoted by multiple outlets in support of the slaying uh, of Soleimani. This is a very significant effort. Quote: Sorry, this is a very significant effort to reestablish deterrence. He told Foreign Policy. 
On Public Radio International, Petraeus declared that this particular episode has been fairly impressively handled and praised the Trump administration for moving to shore up our defenses and our offensive capabilities. He also appeared on CBS's Face the Nation. Um, and Petraeus works for KKR, and KKR is reportedly moving to build up its defense portfolio at a time when military budgets are skyrocketing. I mean, look, I mean, right after the strike happened, their stocks started going up. Of like, course, yeah. I mean, this is all, look, look, stocks are like, as we've said before, like, stocks are a mood ring. That's really what, they're not an astrological sign, but they are a mood ring. Mm -hmm. And they truly just change depending on investor confidence. That is what they are a representation of. And um, anyone who says otherwise is lying to you. Um, or, I think about this, like, uh, you always have, you have got, like, a top-selling artist, and that, or they have a huge catalog, but they're not making work that's um, selling anymore. Uh, there's nothing better for their sales than to, for them to mysteriously die. Yeah. So if you look at like um, somebody that's got like a 40-year record making uh, hits and we're not listening to their music right now. Dude. Uh, uh, accidental drug overdose sounds like a great way to get the record sales up. <laughs> <laughs> In the same way, it's like uh, all you need are a couple uh, terrorist attacks or some sort of event. Keep to, going. to get the stocks back up. So and true. That happens all the time in the U.S. with um, gun manufacturers. Every time that there's a school shooting, mm -hmm. it's like business couldn't be better mm -hmm. for or, Remington. Or, or a black president. Yeah, I mean, th this happens to me all the like, I was a very casual listener of Leonard Cohen until he died, and then I started listening to him more. Same thing with um, the lead singer of Silver Jews. That when he died, like the oh, last yeah, year, I didn't did start getting that. into him until uh, I am such a fucking sucker. <laughs> oh, it's so awful. I you're feel the like worst, I'm, David. I'm such a, oh, it's, I'm like a, I, I don't know whether it's like more exploitative or I'm just like a freeloader, but I, I, tr I truly do fall for that. Yeah. It happens to me so frequently. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll listen to him eventually. You're, then, you're a culture vulture. Yeah. Literally, you, the, the minute that someone dies, <laughs> you fucking you just bottom feeder. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, it's time for me to Spotify their entire uh, oeuvre. Yeah. Fucking shit. I wonder where you were when Prince died. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then, look, th this is um, fascinating because this has been going on forever. As long as we know it, um, there was, in 2008, the New York Times did a piece um, that was linked to in that... Um, Intercept article that talked about how um, this they, they did a report on all the rock war mongers were do were also not rep, like all the generals uh, or the people who like for, were former generals the same thing they did the exact same thing yeah yeah um, appearing on TV not having their NASCAR jacket on not having their logos being revealed who they're working for and all that sort of stuff it's been going on for then and, and this has been going on. With the Iran uh, situation, with Iranian relations, um, at least since 1979. This was from December 29th uh, of last year. So We're going back 40 week. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one, uh, this is the New York Times. Um, how a Chase Bank chairman helped the deposed Shah of Iran help en enter the United States. Um, okay, all right. I recognize <laughs> a couple familiar names. I've got my friend Chase Bank. That's right. That's Chase that's Bank. A, and then I've got, you know, the Shah of Iran. That's right. Initially instated in 1953. Okay. That's right. When my parents were born. All Yo, right. <laughs> my history. Born. Yeah, I know. Right. 66. <laughs> Good year. Soon 67. Wow. Aging. Uh, 
when my dad turned 64, I got him um, a copy of Sgt. Pepper's on vinyl, and it said, what yeah. with this track, When I'm 64. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, when Stalin died, 1953. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, that's how, my, that's how my parents... Yeah, that, that's that, that's why my dad came into this world, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. He's like, he's like, Stalin's energy just went straight into my father. Yeah. I assume. He's <laughs> reincarnated as my yeah. father. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool if, you're, if, you're, uh, if your dad was like, oh, I'm going to read all of Stalin's books now that he's dead. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a great poet. He's a great poet. Dude, you got to crush the peasantry, all right? Come on. And he yeah. like decided to read that like as soon as he died. So my dad was like one month old or whatever. Yes, <laughs> he's yes, like, I'm going to get into yes. Stalin now. Sure. Yeah. Your, your, your grandfather just bought bought uh, his poetry on records and yeah. played it yeah. on a phonograph totally. <laughs> next to your dad's cradle. Yeah, and so before baby Einstein, there was baby Stalin's. Um, <laughs> So, okay, look. This I'd is watch that cartoon, by the way. Baby Stalins? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, my God. I like it. We have to make it plural, too. So, Stalins, it's multiple Baby Stalin clones. Yeah, it's like yeah. in Georgia. It, oh, Stalin clones. Okay, yeah. Well, it's like Muppet this. Babies. Or maybe, yeah, who knows? Or, yeah, or like Georgia, you know, 1888 or whatever. Like Stalin and his, did he have kid, Did he have siblings? I don't know. Maybe his cousins. And he's. Like, I don't know. And you're trying to, you know, and like, how did Joseph Stalin become... I don't know. I don't know. This you is... know, he's the original white boy because he's from Georgia, which is where the Caucasus Mountains are. <laughs> he is a Caucasian. He is such a Caucasian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah. Stalin's so white. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, hashtag, man. Hashtag yeah. Stalin's, Stalin's so white. We've really deviated. <laughs> so what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Listener, what were the we Shah. talking we about? We were talking about the Shah. So um, David Rockefeller was the um, bank cha- was the chairman of the bank of Chase Manhattan Bank. Now, here's a side okay. note about him. He is... He lived to be 101 years old. What? And he died in like 2017. He is, this, every ghoul lives forever. Yeah. Right. He's a total vampire. So anyway, yes. Continue. David Rockefeller. And and so that's why these were released now. Oh, really? That's why these records were released because these were part of his like estate, I believe. Um, So... Uh, I, I read this article like two days ago, so I don't remember all the details of that with the estate issues stuff. But nonetheless, David Rockefeller um, recognizes that the Shah of Iran, who like brutally is cracking down on the Iranian regime, was like imposed after his father was deposed, like lost an election in 1953. The guy Mossadegh. Yeah, yeah. Mossadegh. Mossadegh, who wants to nationalize the oil fields. Yeah. There, there's a CIA coup. Mossadegh gets killed. Uh, the Shah's son, this current Shah, gets put in. He's a dictator for 30 years or 35 years. Um, he, like, bans the burqa and just, like, doesn't have elections and is just, like, a totally re- repressive autocrat. And... Seven, 79 minus 53? I don't know. Who but no burqas. <laughs> he's a, yeah. he's a, that's a progressive autocrat. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he's secular. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Woke autocrat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he um, – so basically he recognized so, – David Rockefeller recognizes that – oh, by the way, and so one of the things he does is he reverses the nationalization of the oil fields. Okay, so this autocrat allows for, like, private interests to, like, have access to Iranian oil fields. Meanwhile, he's probably making a killing. He's storing his private money, the Shah's private money, as a client in Chase Manhattan Bank. Okay? <laughs> so his money is in Chase Manhattan Bank. <laughs> of David course Ro- he is. <laughs> David Rockefeller recognizes that he's not only very high profile but assume it, like – uh, he must be very wealthy as yeah. an autocrat of a nation. Like what Putin's the wealthiest man in Russia, probably a similar situation, right? So um, what happens is the uh, Iranian um, the Iranian student sees the American embassy in Tehran. Uh, no, no, no there, there's there's like protests all over about yeah. uh, because of the Shah, um, and he was getting sick and he wanted to leave the country 
because the protests were getting too unwieldy. So he um, tries to get refuge in the United States. Jimmy Carter says, no. Yeah. Um, and then David Rockefeller says, yes. <laughs> and mean, then the Shah's like traveling all over. He ends up in like Mexico and then some Caribbean islands. And still Jimmy Carter's like, no, yeah. we can't do that. We can't let you in. There's like this reigning revolution. We won't have anything to deal with it. Yeah. And then finally, um, Rockefeller like works his magic and just gets him in anyways. And Jimmy Carter finally, I think, placates. Um, is that, if that's oh, what the article says. I was trying says. to make peanuts all the time. Bad solar panels on top of my house. <laughs> uh, I it, think the word would be capitulate. Capitulated. That is a very good word for it. Um, so, oh. Um, so this is what happened was. Records of Project Eagle. This is the project. Uh, were donated to Yale. Okay. Uh by Mr. Reed, who is the campaign's director of Project Eagle, but he deemed the material so potentially embarrassing to his patron, Mr. Rockefeller, that Mr. Reed, who died in 2016, stipulated that the records remain sealed until Mr. Rockefeller's death. Mr. Rockefeller died in 2017 at the age of 101. Truly not the most embarrassing financial donation to Yale University. <laughs> <laughs> the Chavaron, uh, I mean, come on, Get back to the pile, you know? <laughs> So then what happened was after the um, after the Shah takes refuge in New York City, there's a cancer doctor in New York City that he gets access to, um, and the Iranian people don't get their justice. They're so mad at the United States that they seize the American embassy <laughs> and begin the Iranian hostage situation, which yeah. lasts all throughout the 1980 presidential campaign. And uh, because of Jimmy Carter's also his uh, – how do you say uh, – Bum- bungling of the Iranian hostage situation, Reagan just wins in a landslide. Yeah. Um, and he looks soft because he wore sweaters in the White House sweaters. instead of turning the thermostat up. Mm-hmm. And he uh, and then the, and then a couple helicopters went down. A couple helicopters in, in a bungled uh, rescue, rescue mission. Yeah, right? yeah, precisely, precisely. So basically, because of Rockefeller. Oh, and also a funny thing. Also, some people that were involved in this are grandchildren of Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Ah, Kermit Roosevelt. <laughs> That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Uh, so not only do we have a Rockefeller who is related to Mr. Rockefeller or the Rockefeller, we also have someone who, who like he, he's the chair of Chase Manhattan Bank. We also have two Roosevelts. <laughs> These are like failed grandchildren who are like helping to perpetuate the Shah and like allow for his like speedy recovery. He ends up dying in New York anyways. Really? But, yeah, he didn't even fucking survive that much longer. Um, so he could have had his goddamn head chopped off. Uh, God damn it. Come yeah, on. I know, I know, I know. It would have been great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so because of that, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan became president. Um, yeah, meanwhile, uh, Rockefeller is like, don't worry, I'll be here for 50 more years, <laughs> and I'm already 60. Seriously. Um so, anyways, all this has been going on forever. Um, everything that people say about uh, war in that it's bad, why does it happen? All of the what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Um, but for a few God, people, y'all. it's wor- it's it's good for a lot of money. Um, like that's that's the that's the important thing to take away. People make a lot of money off. Of and this you know, stuff. back in the day, at least, it, like let's say medieval times, you'd have your soldiers go in, they'd sack a city. And you got to take what you, you you got to take whatever you plundered yeah. back with you. The good old days. Oh, the and plundering. now now only a couple people, only the top one <laughs> percent of the top one percent 
You won't even allow to pillage anymore. <laughs> that is, un- is undoable. The decline of the middle class and working class pillage <laughs> pillagers. Uh, actually, I have a personal anecdote uh, that I can share about like military expenditure. I was not part of the army or any sort of military services, but Congratulations. I had a, I had a I had a couple uh, a close friend um, whose name I will not share for obvious reasons. But I remember him specifically saying one time there was a training thing that they were doing on a field. They were, you know, working with live artillery and what have you. And uh, they were done with the training exercise and their commanding officer basically said, all right, um, you need to shoot off the rest of this artillery. Uh, Otherwise, we won't get apportioned um, the same amount next time. We need to we need to use all of it. So they they shot all the bullets. Oh my god! Through with the guns and whatever, and then Jesus. after like five minutes of just shooting straight or whatever, uh, the CEO was just like, "Congratulations, men! You've just spent a million dollars in ammunition." <laughs> just like, so let me yeah, that million it is not going down a well. It is going somewhere else. So, uh, <laughs> so a huge waste of money, and yeah. also a ginormous carbon footprint oh yeah yeah this is like back in like 2006 so this is like like fucking uh al gore had just come out with an inconvenient truth and people were just like what the fuck is a carbon you know like yeah right when this right when this was being said was right when um was it cheryl crow said to use less toilet paper did she say that? Who was it that? Do you remember that? Remember that when one when some celebrity she was, was like, like, keep that ass dirty. Yeah, yeah. She was like, I like that. So, ass yeah, dirty. like to save the planet, yeah. use only one piece of toilet paper. I feel like I thing, do remember sure. that. And now, meanwhile, 2020, people are getting freaky with bidets. Like it's no, like it's always been this way. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast brought to you by Tushy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do people are? Do, it's like, look, please, please wash your ass with water. I, I you should probably <laughs> if you were in a water rich state you know uh but uh but not in arizona or california yeah you probably should not we need to have like regional diversity in toilet paper and toilet products yeah that's what we really need we need to micro acclimatize that's all i have to say about that well with my green new deal <laughs> dude i just want i just want the the, peep, the desert going people of the american southwest to be like yeah, we rub we rub sand on our asses. <laughs> it hurts so bad, but it gets you so clean. <laughs> so yeah, and then Jimmy Carter he also told people to ride bicycles during Did the he? gas. Uh, yeah, shortage. he was starting to transition to renewable energy. I and mean, he like, tried. They, was, people were like hard hard pass, yeah. bro. No, they were not. Into the it. electric car was like ready to go in 1978. They were like moving on that. They were putting research into it, and they were just like. <sighs> One of the funniest videos is in Los Angeles about 1975. Jack Nicholson in front of a crowd of people talking about this electric car that he's interested. Have you ever seen that video? It's Jack Nicholson, all right. And the car he's driving is unique. It's a standard Chev with a standard engine. But what makes it unique is there's no gasoline in the car. It's running on hydrogen. And the hydrogen was produced by solar power. And this is the first demonstration. Just like a standard Chevy, and I backed it up because, you know, the last time the automotive industry tried to destroy a, an independent industry was they said a Tucker wouldn't back up. Remember that? Yeah. All right, look, it was a hydrogen car, not an electric car, but we all got to hear that lady say car because she's from Minnesota, and that's really what we're here for. All right, 
back to David, Gabe, and I. Jack Nicholson in the electric car. It's really funny. It's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's who killed the electric car? No, uh, no, he's like for it. He's like, well, yeah, I totally be for this electric car. And it looks like a fucking like weird Buick from 1977 or whatever. Oh, and it's oh, also the, the deep irony, if I remember correctly, is that he's in L.A., and of course, you cannot see farther than like a hundred feet away because of all the smog. Oh, holy yeah. shit! But he's like, "Look at this cool electric car. I'm Jack Nicholson." <laughs> it's very odd. So, uh, should we move on to presidential? Yeah. Um, look, the, uh, the now we're in the meat, the protein dish. Yes, we are. The we're at the protein part. dish, right? Yeah. And um, o- ostrich medallions. <laughs> we got. Uh, what do you call oxtail and yeah. ostrich medallions? Uh, we're gonna look. Curry goat. We're gonna look at um, because Iowa's just around the corner, and um, there's a couple candidates that are still in the race that had some weird things to say about the financial sector. We're gonna talk about some of the weirder things, okay? Um, so we're gonna look at their financial sector proposals. We're gonna look at um, also some of the money that's going around. Some of the people who have made money on uh, the fi- in the financial sector. Um, because, cause, cause, you know, guys, you know, everybody already knows a million times over that Bernie Sanders has been very uh, transparent about his things. Now, we all know that. You don't need to know anything beyond that, although I'm sure we'll hear something. But when you get farther into it, you do get into these people uh, where you're like, wait a minute. What do they believe? Who do they directly benefits them? Like, what? how does it work? I want to start off – exactly. I want to start off with a fun one, all right? Yeah, yes. I want to start off with Marianne Williamson, all right? My <laughs> keep it fun. Let's keep it my, fun with let's, her. Let's, <laughs> yeah. keep, let's keep it fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to start off with my queen, all right? Yeah, kid gloves with my girl, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, lo- I love Marianne. Who, by uh, the way, as of this recording, has not dropped out of the race. <laughs> but she fired everyone in her campaign, which is just like chef's kiss. This is Wait. wonderful. <laughs> this is like what it was meant to be. It was just meant to be a speaking to her for her book and i love it it's amazing wait so she so she's solo she she's she has no campaign staff as of now she also love it (laughs) she also is the only person who um has a a very specific uh financial sector proposal she like knows her shit no so she she will like (laughs) she calls for but it's also like weird knowledge and it's like not it's just like it's just weird. It's, all right? arc, it's arcane. We're like, what did you read this on a, a sand slab? Okay, right. So, we're going to turn so, the American economy into a multi-level marketing. System. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope you. I, I hope you like powders, <laughs> not even the cool, fun yeah. ones. So all the count up all the layers of um, goop. The that, gold standard will now be the uh, essential oils yeah. standard. Which we still need. They're still good for you. <laughs> what does Marianne Williamson want? She wants to end tax preferential treatment for exchange-traded funds. Ooh. So exchange-traded funds are um, basically this concept that came about in the 90s uh, that basically allows for you to invest in a mutual fund, but you can also do like daily trading within the mutual fund with 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 your little stocks so you can like kind of um be in uh i don't know like be in like a little toddler's playpen of a mutual fund (laughs) and then with your little like toys that you're given in the playpen you can play around and like throw them at other people and make a little money within the playpen isn't day trading bad david (laughs) but day trading is is a little bit different because this is a um fund that's like a little bit more like closely it has some parameters to it you're in the playpen you're in the playpen a little bit yeah, yeah. so it's actually like 
not that bad. And yeah. it makes a reasonable amount of money. And it's totally like middle class, normal thing for people to do. If you don't want to have just a passive mutual fund, you can like invest in an ETF and your financial advisor will like do some like day trading within this ETF. But it's a very yeah. like middle class run-of-the-mill thing that, like, anyone can this kind is, of invest in. It's okay. not Adam Sandler's character in Uncut Gems. <laughs> no, it's like, not, no. Like, putting lightning bets on on <laughs> every point score or basket Wait, so, so no, this no, is no. An e, this is an ETF. ETF, this yes. Is, an, yeah, so an exchange-traded pe- fund. So for people keeping score, you know, you might have heard this. It's, it says, like, you could trade stocks, you could trade ETFs. That's what this is. Yes, yes, yes. People have heard the, the phrase ETFs. Um, yeah. So... She wants to end the tax preferential tr- treatment for ETFs. Why? I don't know. I, I, there's no. There's. I, wait, I wait, seen, wait. There's no reason. For I, it? I, I I couldn't find anything on her justification for it. <laughs> she just. It, I just saw it like on her website, or just like some aggregator for like that listed out everyone's policy proposals. And I looked on her. I I couldn't find any reason why. There was no like what we're gonna do with the money once we end the tax preferential treatment is fund you know universal chakra care or whatever. Like there was nothing. There's no, there's no follow. It's just like, no, dude. I, once I fucking, dude. Once I have my screen printing set up, I make so much money, dude. It's like there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no follow through. So we have no idea why, but I think it's just, um, it's just, it's just strange. Um, coming out of left field. There's some, there's some other um, weird ones. One famous one is um, people want to have a um, Wall Street transactions tax. Okay. okay. So every single tax uh, on the uh, like in Wall Street is uh, basically like a stock or a bond or a derivative. Okay. So these are any sort of like secure security transaction. Yes. Um, yes. Things we've talked about. Before. Things we've talked about. Uh, those sorts of things can be like um, you put some money on that. You but every single time that those things move around, you're gonna tax it. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernie suggested something like that, right? So Bernie's supportive of it, um, but so is also some other random people. Um, Andrew Yang, uh, Pete Buttigieg, and Elizabeth Warren recently came out in support of it for the purposes of um, of funding Medi- her Medicare for All proposal. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Like the pure, the purest form of it is when like Bernie's just like, yeah, you got to take away all the all the. Um, excuse me, advantages that, like, people have by just being able to be frivolous with this and instead be t- taking that money and being like, oh, yeah, now it's going to pay for people's health care. So there's, there's two reasons why. First off, we had a Wall Street transaction tax that, that um, existed until 1966. Um, really? It, yeah, yeah. They, and they, they got rid of it in 66. There is um, no discernible harm that it causes to Wall Street. I've heard people say that it is, quote, like a thing that, is so hard to notice that it's kind of hurtful, quote unquote, that they would do it anyways because it doesn't make a huge difference, but it makes a lot of money. It is like the best tax, the best form of tax like imaginable. But there's also a second reason why you want to have a transactions tax, and that is because you want to actually use the tax to have people trade less because yeah. high frequency trading is bad. Day trading. What I said. Well, that's a version of it. Day trading is like when people think of day trading, they think of like um, like people in Wall Street like screaming and yelling at each other and like passing each other slips of paper. South on in April of one forty two. Seems very chaotic and slightly rude. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like computers making three trades per second. 
Yeah. Or shit like that. So like having a financial transaction tax would make it be like one trade per three seconds or something like that. Because those sound like bots. Like if, you, if you've so, got a, com- a, a computer with yeah, an algorithm there's, doing there's that. No, there's no theatrics to it anymore. You don't even have the man with the pieces of paper. <laughs> yeah, and I'm a theatrics man. Yeah, 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 yeah precisely. Yeah. But also, if the market is entirely based on confidence and sort of human opinions and emotions, yep. then to have a robot that's uh, automatically doing these trades, mm-hmm. doesn't that – I mean, it just sounds like it. it's, uh, it, it's unnatural. But it's also against – uh, everything, the all of the foundations of why we have a market in the first place. Yeah, which is like what, that we are. The market is supposed to be about our confidence and our feelings, yeah. rather than some automated um, mechanical motion. That's a really nice way of thinking about it. That, like, in a in a very like optimistic view of what a market. How 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 a democrat like a democratic day trading in markets should operate of like we should be investing in that I like that as uh, as well and but I think actually Andrew Yang would probably agree with you in a lot a lot of ways. It right? also I, makes me think about like streaming farms, like mm-hmm. wh- you'll see a like oh, a you'll see a room yeah, yeah, yeah. with like a thousand uh, phones in it and they're all playing the same song on Spotify or some whatever other service it is to generate that the hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you now you've got like investment farms. Is that like where the where these transactions are happening without any? Uh, I think I think that that's analogous in the in the mechanics of it. Yeah. I'm not sure about like the incentive structures and the actual like algorithms behind it, and, like how much people are like, you know, kind of like controlling things. I think mostly like on Wall Street, they'll like plug an algorithm to like do this certain thing for a purpose of like, may I mean. Yeah, you know yeah, what, I mean, you can, yeah. You, you know, can, you I think it, it's maybe it's a situation where it's like, it's sort of in between where it's like, you need to have people in the flesh, like making those things, not only because it just feels right and feels better, but because the people who are controlled, like you said, who are controlling the algorithms are the people who are basically with all the power, who are taking all the resource and having it directly incentivize them. You yeah, know? it's the same story as in like any other industry in that yeah. automation when applied is just a means of like cutting out labor costs and increasing yeah. efficiency you of don't like even moving get... capital towards a smaller and smaller group of capitalists. You don't, essentially. Even get, you don't even get John Cherry Tree coming in from Wichita with his own slips of paper that he can <laughs> fucking yell at somebody, all yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> precisely. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, so that this is all kind of like the financialization in fintech is all kind of the same sort of beast, whether it's in, you know, truck driving like Yang talks about or whether you would see it like in, uh, you know, Wall Street today. I mean, I, I, I've been to the New York Stock Exchange. It is like a big room. That's just all it is. Really? It's just like a big empty room, basically. Like there's like little desks. It kind of looks like a really poorly performing farmers market indoor farmers market in the winter yeah that's how slips of paper there's just like a lot of people at booths sitting there pretending like something's happening great climate control yeah yeah. hot never too cold yeah yeah always (laughs) just right and there's a bell there's a bell somewhere there is a bell somewhere obviously it's just like ceremonial and it's like right in front of the cnbc yeah uh television cameras very, um, very interesting. What what else is what else are people trying to do? So this is a these are two fun, weird ones that I, I wanted to bring up because the rest of there's a lot of like some people agree on certain things, you know, like Buttigieg and Yang and uh, want to have arbitration reform. Um, the United States the U.S. House just passed this sweeping arbitration reform. Arbitration is out of court 
legal proceedings essentially, and that would in, it, affect the financial sector as well. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren wants to take it a little step further and like have like a complete overhaul of FINRA, which we've talked about in the other episodes, uh, which would like – FINRA is the self-regulatory organization that uh, for the financial sector that has its own arbitration process. Yes. Liz Warren went out of her way to specifically call for um, reforms and overhauls to – that specific organization and some of the weird things that it does. We can talk about that more later. What yeah. I want to talk about now is um, two proposals, two competing proposals that are kind of similar. One is from Cory Booker. He has this program called Baby Bonds. And Sounds very cute, but it also makes me think about in Roger Rabbit, the little baby who's cute, and then he pulls out the cigar and smokes it. <laughs> oh, like, right. yeah, yeah. You know, on like the it. surface, Baby Bonds superficially are cute, but... Uh, He's like- what are you doing, kid? I, uh, or baby like, bonds. or like Baby Nut, who was just like born in his father's grave. Baby Nut? <laughs> oh my God, that sounds. What is that? That's Mr. Peanut's infant son, who was, oh. who was born. <laughs> Mr. Peanut, Mr. Peanut's son was born in his own father's grave. I like that. He burst from, out of his dead father's chest. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, like Mr. Kool Aid just like like cried a little bit. Like there was literally like a twinkle in his eye. But yeah, so Cory Booker's Baby Bonds. The idea is that. Uh, bonds, as you guys remember, are, are, are loans, essentially. They're just a loan. You pay it back with interest. It's like the least no, – notoriously known as the type of security that has the lowest amount of returns. Okay? It's the cheapest The thing. real long-term things. Real long-term, stable, nothing really going on kind of a thing. And Cory Booker's idea, which apparently would um, alleviate the wealth gap between – Black people and white people enormously. That's what his literature said. And that's what enormously. The Enor- oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, would um, basically would give every citizen of the United States when they are born a bond, uh, a set of bonds in the U.S. government. So you get investments in the U.S. government and most uh, portfolios now, probably a lot of four hundred one ks have government like a section of it. The most stable section of it is government bonds. Actually, so, you know what this reminds me of? David, did you go to college? I did. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw this on your college campus. Uh, Gabe, did you ever go to college? I, I attended. You attended college? Maybe you, maybe you saw this. This was a thing that happened on my college where they would be like, we're selling cookies today. And then what they would do is they would be like, it's $2 if you're white, $1 if you're Hispanic, $0.50 cents if you're black, and a quarter if you're Native American. Um, and... Cory Booker's baby bonds sound like the opposite of that, where you get more money if you are born into like disparity, essentially. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it like it gives an equal amount to every single person that is born, but basically, like the because when you're poor, your first dollar is so much more valuable than when you're a millionaire. Your millionth and first dollar is like is just so much less valuable than just having one dollar. Yes. Um, the that logic is transposed into these baby bonds, so that's how it's going to leave it. It's not necessarily that it is actually giving more bonds to people of color. Okay. It, it is. Okay. It is okay. that um, the value of it is so much more valuable to poor people who are overwhelmingly people of color in this country. Weren't the interest rates lower though? For or not interest rates, but didn't they accrue more if you were in a more of a disparaged situ- situation? Um. 
I don't remember. I um, remember. I feel like I looked at the article and it was just like, if you are in this sort of economic bracket, your baby bonds will only be worth like twice as much by whatever age you want to use them at. But if you're in like a much lower economic bracket, they're like worth way more. Um, I feel like they did have a sort of compounding like benefit if you were uh, in, a, in, a, in a rough situation. That could be true. Yeah, I remember looking at it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to look that up, folks, in a second. But in the meantime, we can keep talking about what it would do. Um, basically, uh, you could only take it out. You could only take out the bonds. You can only cash out um, when you were. I think after you turned 18, and to pay for school, or for retirement, or to buy a house. And those are the basically boring things. You couldn't ever do it for cool shit. Like with the UBI, you could just go spend it on the next new Bitcoin, or you could go spend it. I could on a get couch. A, a crisp haircut. Mm-hmm. I can get really a. I could get haircut. the sides shaved. I can get the fashy comb over up top. <laughs> yeah, baby. I can go get fashy myself, comb over. <laughs> get, get myself a get myself a nice steak at like a restaurant that you see on Instagram where they have flakes of gold in the ice cream. And yeah, where take... they're just like we just, we literally can't make food any better. There's <laughs> diminishing returns on how good food is for how much you pay for it. Sure, sure. So yeah, but with these you can't do that. You're prohibited. You got to buy property. You got to buy responsible shit. Yeah, you got to buy got to buy boring shit. Um and it's got to be uh, oh, and I I found it Danny, you were right. Every year yes. okay, this is on Vox. Every year through the tax code, children would receive up to an additional $2,000 deposit in their bond accounts depending on family income. Mm-hmm. But again, this is all targeted towards income. It's not it, it, it's not reparations. Let's say to put it like no, that. No, it's not it, reparations. It, it, it is yeah. it is income based. But because we basically had a caste system until 1965, arguably you you can make that we still have a de facto one. We wealth is inextricably tied to race in this country. So that's yes. how it would re- reduce the wealth gap. Yeah, it's kind of like sense. what Bernie says uh, where people are like, why do you want to make it so rich people uh, can also go to these public colleges? And it's like, well, they probably won't if they were given the option. But if it makes you feel any better, I would tax them way more. So it's the inverse where it's like, every, this is a universal program. But, you yes. know, but those who are in disparaging situations would get a little bit more yes. and benefit way more from it. Totally. And then everyone would be invested. So like even rich kids would still get a baby bond, but they probably, if you're like a one percenter, you're probably not going to get very much through this additional tax code allocation. You got to use them somewhere. Got to use them somewhere. I may yeah, as well yeah. use it on this like useless, ma- like extra master's degree that I'm not even going to use. Here's like, one of those textbooks that cost $2,000. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're just going to only buy new textbooks. Now, you can, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. can I use it to buy property that I'm not going to live in, but then I'm going to turn into an Airbnb? <laughs> Actually, I don't see any reason why you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> which, which does lead to kind of the problem with this whole proposal is is cory booker's former proposal in this or i don't know like aborted proposal in this case it it doesn't really tackle any actual um issues i mean it, it's kind of what you were saying it's 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 a it's a version of andrew yang's thing which is just like ah well uh i'm gonna give you a thousand bucks but it doesn't really do very much to solve the problem of like people just being like well now i will make it so your car costs Fifteen thousand dollars and one and one baby bond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So they'll just like the thing is, is that they'll probably like all these you know realtors will have some like 
mortgage calculator and they'll say, okay, based off of your age and your SES, because I got all your bank statements um, and your net worth, you probably have this many baby bonds Mm -hmm. right now. (laughs) So I'm going to charge – you're going to make your house cost – $500,000 $500,000 and all of your baby bonds. Like they're just going to yeah. increase the price and there's nothing they could do about it. And Gabe, I think you're also right that they could easily just make it so that um, you could just use this home for some other future capital appreciative pro- pro- you know, project. It's not actually like a, a life-saving thing. But I mean these are all that, – that's – you can make an argument that that – It's better than what we have. It's better than what we have. It's something. True. It's something. Yeah. So, but it is still means-tested to a degree. And it is... It's uh, also universal to a degree. But it, it is something that can be chiseled away when you have a culture where grievance is such a large part of how we uh, how politics is played out. Yeah. And if you look around and you say, well, these people are getting more that they don't deserve. Yeah. And by these people, I mean everybody poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah because, exactly. Because it is middle-class politicians or upper-middle-class politicians yeah. that can then say... Why should people who are not making the income get more benefits? It would be very boring to bring up at a meeting and get uh, get your constituency inspired to preserve it. Yeah, it's like, can you imagine being at mm-hmm. a rally and being like, we're going to give every man, woman, and child government bonds! <laughs> yeah. Woo! Yeah. Corey! Corey! <laughs> Corey! You know what I mean? Like, this, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Or like, make sure to keep if your annual income is underneath the forty thousand dollars per household, <laughs> we need to make sure that you get the two percent compounded interest. That yeah. and and you're now you're throwing out numbers to people who uh, did you know like math is not America's strong suit. Yeah, I mean, literally the last time mine. the last time Americans got excited about bonds, we had to be fighting Nazis <laughs> in an yeah. actual war, like yeah. a big one. And I like I like the idea of like war bonds. I like the idea of bonds generally. I like James Bond movies. I think that what you, I think Barry that, Bonds is great. He, Barry he, Bonds rules. He appreciates over time. <laughs> he know? does. He does. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so, like, but I think that um. Those are really good. Could be used for like financing the Green New Deal, for example. Yeah. That's like a really good way and like smart way of being like, okay, well we're going to give uh, you can voluntarily invest in green bonds. And this will be your way of contributing towards the government acting on climate change. And this would be like a thing that anyone could do. So if you were a Tom Steyer sort, he could just buy huge swaths of green bonds at any time. Yeah, so fucking many, so yeah. fucking many. He could just buy it. He could just buy so much in green bonds. And that would be, that would be going straight to the government coffers to be funding renewable energy. Um, and also any of us could, I mean, this is like, it would be like a cool kind of way to feel like you were contributing to be an ethical consumer. In some ways, oh yeah, dude, people would fucking they'd blast could, their jeans over that. Stuff. Yeah, they'd yeah, it. it would make people, and also it would make rich people feel like they could be extra empathetic because a lot of things that is really like a weird, twisted logic of the rich is that they are fine with a certain percentage of their income going towards charitable causes, but they want to have the agency of doing it. It's not e- yes, like yes, it is yeah. a really weird thing where these like little like fiefs of like you know, water sports and insurance and 
the legal world who just like how are little little tiny little kings over their little empires. They don't tiny want to have kings. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they don't want to have they don't want to have the big king come in and tell them that they have their they have to give their money to cancer research. They personally want to start a 5k for cancer research. Uh-huh. I mean it, it's it's a very and so green bonds would maybe give them this like thin veil of choice. It makes like a, it feel more boutique. Like yeah. they're they're being strategic with the way that they're throwing their money away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, would, yeah. it would also very much like kind of it'd be, it would be a call to arms to like the ultra rich essentially like i think they uh, there was a thing where a, um amazon ceo jeff bezos gave like five hundred thousand dollars to the australian wildfires and then somebody revealed that he makes five hundred thousand dollars in 10 minutes so insane so it'd be one of those things where it's like jeff bezos uh, there's graphs that say that you and bill gates individually could probably solve malaria so uh, put your money where your mouth is and, yeah. and actually do it because you could just do this just on the interest you make on your money alone. You yeah, know? totally. I mean, it's, it's like that, um, that Twitter account that's like, um, how much would it cost to solve world hunger or yes. something like that? You know, yes. you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyway, so bonds, chill, cool, nice, Love it. reasonably friendly, overall harms no one. Okay, next thing is uh, Mayor Pete – um, I wrote about uh, P- Mayor Pete's proposal that is was adopted by this professor from the New School, and she basically described this proposal as baby bonds for grown-ups. Okay, and the baby bonds. Th- this pro- pro- program is called the Public Option Four Hundred One K. Oh, this thing. Yeah, I, adulting, adulting bonds. Hashtag adulting, adulting bonds. Yeah. So, sure, sure. The the other bonds, the baby bonds, are like Fisher Price, my first bonds, and these are like, <laughs> these are just like a one step up. These are the PG thirteen bonds. These are like, hey, we're gonna get you a checking account for college, you know, just so you feel responsible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These ones um, are like, so baby bonds are like uh, baby Legos, and these are like regular Legos. Duplos. Do you guys have Duplos? Do you or know Duplos, the little, they're like the really big blocks that yeah, you can't they're swallow. Fucking, they're like fatty ones. Yeah, they're fatties that you can't swallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Those, are, those are baby bonds, and these are the regular Legos, Legos. like with like, that have ninjas and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yes. You're so, grown up. I like to throw my ninjas onto the pirate ship. Wait, yeah, oh, that's I'm, cool. I mix I genres. I like, I did that too, man. <laughs> um, so the, the people to judge is public option 401k. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of get what Gabe just said, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you not, were you not a Lego boy? Were you not? No. I, I mean, no. My brother was. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it's like throwing a uh, – it's like mixing a Jackie Chan movie with Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, you oh, take your wait. ninja Legos oh, and you throw them on the pirate oh, ship. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Like oh, a, you're, ta- you're cross, cross-genreing the different Legos. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I get, you put the ghost one in uh, in the, the, the family home set one or whatever. Spo- I make it spooky. Yeah, yeah. It's like paranormal activity. Absolutely. Yeah, have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's get back to the money. Follow the money. Yeah. So with this. basically, so the public option four hundred one k would um, require um, employers who do not offer a competitive four hundred one k to contribute part of their employee employee's salary to a public four hundred one k. Essentially, so yes. this would be um, you would have. 
Everyone knows what a 401k is. It's like a pretty standard retirement account for like most people. Use them these days unless you're in the union, in which case you get a pension. That's right. Pensions are very nice. But we don't get pensions anymore. We get 401ks. And so uh, – Just to clarify, um, just so people know about 401ks because I barely know about them. Is, it, is the allure of a 401k the fact that often when your employer offers them that they will – um have like a will match you correct situation so we'll give if you contribute two uh, percent of your uh, entire paycheck we'll also contribute this whatever amount of money that is now yes it's a nice yeah also when the 401k was was became like a normal part of the american retirement uh menu of options yeah it it, it existed as a supplement to the standard pension whereas oh. now is that am I mistaken in this? Like, I don't know whether it was ever um, considered like a supplement. I know that now that's what people have instead of pensions because they're cheaper. That's right. Um, but I don't know what this evolution was away from pensions and into four hundred one ks. I don't really know very much about the history of that. Unless you, if you because do. I think it puts more onus on the individual employee because now it's your personal responsibility to save money for yourself. But if your four hundred one k tanks, yeah, then then you're just up shit's creek because yeah. y- it was you gambling your own money in yeah, the, uh, yeah 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 uh, at the craps table of the global economy whereas with the pension you had sort of that that buffer that it was er- er- everyone's money in a much more stable I don't know if that's necessarily portfolio. true they were both managed by like they're both they're both get, they're still today pensions still exist and they're both still managed by these large asset management firms like Vanguard and BlackRock and Fidelity um, but like the difference is is that a big thing is what's called a defined benefit plan and a defined contribution plan um, a defined benefit plan is largely um, a, a pension. This is going to get really boring for two minutes and then Ooh, we'll move on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Defined... I'm going to put some sexual music <laughs> under this so people pay attention. No. Here's, the, here's so, the music bed right now. A defined benefit plan, it gives you the defined benefits. Okay, so a pension guarantees you that you will have a certain amount of money when you retire. Whereas a defined contribution plan is largely 401ks and that's the majority of the market today in the retirement sector. Defined contribution says you are going to be giving this percentage of your income, 3% plus employer match, 6%, whatever, to get whatever you got in the end. We don't, we're not going to say what, what you're going to have by the time you turn 65. We're going to tell you how much you're going to contribute until then. Yeah, because we, yeah. we don't know what the economy is going to do We don't know what the economy is going to do necessarily. There could be, uh, you know, there could be something, you know. Um, so by that understanding basically a defined benefit plan that gives you more money because you are guaranteed to have this much money by the time you turn 65 and so that that's that that's basically the big difference. okay so defined benefit plan is a pension largely yes and then a defined contribution plan is a 401k, 401k. all right i'm stopping the sexual music now uh, then here Pete's uh, <laughs> public public option 401k is like a government run version of a 401k it's still going to be managed by a private asset management firm probably so they would get some money off of that those people would but the government is going to be the administrator and they would like assign it to some to an asset management firm um or contract it out public option 401k will probably have minimal returns employers would be required to contribute if they don't have a 401k for their 
employees or if it's not robust enough. Um, and then they would need bust. And then they would need to like go slowly, basically large employers first, then medium, then small. And this would be like implemented over time. And basically the idea is that it's going to eventually require everyone to have a public to have a 401k. And the idea is the same logic as the public option for healthcare, which is that this is going to be a more affordable option for employers. So naturally everyone is going to transition from this private 401k to this public 401k. Uh, I, can I point out a loophole? Is it time for that yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, the first thing that immediately popped into my head you, you kind of said where it was like, it's going to be like public health care. And I'm like, well, yeah, but isn't the whole thing with public health or the ACA, the Affordable Health Care Act, isn't it? Or, or the Affordable Care Act. Isn't the whole thing with that where it's like once that was implemented, it was like you have to provide health care for your employees if they work more than 30 hours. And then less, you know, thus a lot of employers yes. like like jacked everybody's or rather removed a lot of people's hours to like 29.5 or, you know, basically all the pitfalls of the ACA where it could be chipped away at, there could be ways to avoid it. I know that like, I mean, just in minimum wage, I don't get paid minimum wage at one of my jobs because my small employer is less than 10 people. So I, you know, they're exempt. They're exempt wow. from that. Wow. So it's just one of those things where like everything they're doing is completely legal and it's it's you know it could just be eroded away. Yeah, I mean, look, the the, lo the more complicated the plan, if, if we learned anything from Obamacare, the more pages a piece of legislation has, the more likely it's being means tested and creating extra little loopholes. I mean, like, first off, the ACA didn't have a public option that got destroyed by Joe Lieberman um, in when it was still, I think, in the oh, Senate. God, I hate um, that fucking guy. Yeah, yeah, he sucks so oh, he, bad, so dude. awful. So he killed the public option. So we didn't actually even get to see how the public option would work with the ACA. But this is kind of following that logic. People are saying that because it's probably going to be low risk 401k and I mean it would be a, a reasonably diver, uh, diverse portfolio that this 401k this is public option 401k but it would probably be more like like an IRA. IRAs are even like a lower risk 401k. Um, and those are from what I understand. I may be wrong on that. And then like so they it, basically people are being like okay, well, you're going to force everyone to go into this like lower and lesser public option 401k. Um, so again, comparing the two between the baby bonds and the 401k, what do you guys see? What are the upsides and the downsides between the two? Uh, I like uh, baby bonds sounds better because sounds oh, yeah, you yeah. get, yeah, it's nice to at least start off with some money. And we said earlier that the hardest dollar to make if you're poor is the first dollar. Yeah. So this at least gives uh, everyone something to start with yeah. uh and then but with this um m like mandate enforced mandatory public 401k yeah 401ks are uh at the whims of the market and there's no guaranteed return in investment so yeah. it's not like social security where you kind of know what you're going to get at the end of the day Japan, yeah. with this uh with the 401k it also feels like there is a lot of room for graft with uh contracts between the federal government and companies like Vanguard or BlackRock. Yeah. Uh, it's also in a way it, it's, it's, uh, it's incentivizing like in the same way the ACA uh, gets more business for health insurance companies. Yep. 
it extracts wealth from poor people or rather money from people who don't necessarily have it it extracts that money out of them and it forces them to enroll in substandard healthcare. yeah uh this would extract the precious dollars and income that people are making and put them into volatile markets Mm -hmm. uh whereas yeah so so i'm very skeptical of a public <laughs> I mean yeah I mean I don't know how uh, how when the last time was you guys you know quote unquote like shopped for healthcare on <laughs> the New York State of Health website every or, year yeah every yeah. year I go, I go on a different blind date with a new doctor and yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. like within two blocks of my apartment and I bump into them and, and yeah we go on a first date then I get my blood test and then uh, the next time I show up I'm in a different I've got to go to a different doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, it obviously would be different than what I'm describing, <laughs> but like, could you imagine like going on to like whatever version or iteration of like website that this potentially could exist on and being like, I can't afford the silver or platinum uh, um, 401k. So I guess I'll get the catastrophic 401k yeah. just, just in case. Just, yeah. Can I, I'm just going to get the, uh, the, Portfolio that solely invests in, uh, let's see, Enron. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and like uh, I don't know what the, with that blood that blood testing machine. Yeah, the Elizabeth yeah. Holmes blood testing machine. Yeah, and... I like that lady who dresses like Steve Jobs. I've been watching her on TV. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I want to put all my money on that. I want to bet on the black turtleneck. Yeah, can I can I invest in the four hundred one k that exclusively thinks the Jacksonville Jaguars will win the next Super Bowl? Yeah. Like I I really want you know uh, that to that to come to pass. Um, yeah, I want I want the like um, uncut gems. 401k please (laughs) no i mean i mean that the point being though is that like it's so complicated and the reason it's complicated is it because it has to go through like all these sieves where each one extracts a little bit of money that's right where it's just like what the fuck is the point of this i think ultimately what i find annoying about is a similar thing that i find annoying that i find to be the most oppressive thing about the private health insurance market which is that it is all funneled through your employer and this makes a little more sense because it's your job and your retirement is contingent on your your labors yeah it makes so that, it's that makes slightly more slightly sense. more sense but like it's still <sighs> fundamentally this is something you are getting a retirement you are being guaranteed a like life of dignity that is contingent on your employers not skimming off the top this can and it is contingent on you having a job in the first place that qualifies or having a job at all you know oh yeah and so like there, there's always there's always these weird little loopholes same thing with the aca like that the fact it's just another way that the that employers exert con- physical control over our bodies yeah and like Imagine it's like just imagine any potential number of like complications like, oh, I got fired from this job. So now I got to move my thing to another job. And that job doesn't work through fucking BlackRock. They work through uh, Vanguard. And yeah. Then, so they got to get transferred over that. And it's like I'm I'm making part of this up, but it's like not complicated. No, that's true. It, yeah. it, it's like or it's complicated. And I, I know it could be like that because. I once again had to sign up for Medicare or excuse me Medicaid again and got like you know went through that whole process where they're just sort of like yeah uh, Medicaid doesn't use uh, this now we we don't we use this one or yeah. and it yeah it just it's it, really really annoying it's 
uh, wholly unnecessary. I mean, like, imagine if you were someone who, like, worked six weeks at a time for a specific employer. Like, you worked for, you were, like, an, indep- you were, like, an independent lawn care person. You owned a, or you were you, a set designer. Set designer on a film. Yeah. Six, every yeah. six weeks, you have to not only change where you live, you have to not only change um, your health care, you have to change your 401k now. Mm. And you have to change, it's just, like, another thing a lot of excessive paperwork. Excessive paperwork. Just the the obfuscation. Just it just makes everyone miserable. This is just like more things that you are doing when you could be reading manga or like <laughs> calling your grandmother or like I don't know learning how to knit. Call your abuela. Yeah. Call yeah. your abuela. Yeah. Do it. Or know? having your job title be best boy on the Marvel series. <laughs> you know, it's like can't that just be enough? So. These are these are all things that you could be doing it, but ultimately, I think that this is um, with all these plans include, and this also includes the UBI. I think that um, I I think of this one quote from FDR um, that I think kind of makes a lot of sense. Fucking Delanor Roosevelt, the original punk rocker. Um, he said, "This was uh, I said." Let, let me warn you, and let me warn the nation against the smooth evasion, which says, uh, "Of course." Which says, of course we believe all these things. We believe in social security. We believe in work for the unemployed. We, w- we believe in saving homes. Cross our hearts and hope to die. We believe in all these things. But we do not like the way the present administration is doing them. Just turn them over to us. We will do all of them. We will do more of them. We will do them better. And most important of all, the doing of them will not cost anybody anything. But my friends... These evaders are banking too heavily on the shortness of our memories. No one will forget that they had their golden opportunity 12 long years of it. Remember, too, that the first essential job of doing essential of doing a job well is to want to see the job done. Make no mistake about this. The Republican leadership today is not against the way we have done the job. The Republican leadership is against the job being done. Damn, I'm going to put your voice uh, so it kind of sounds old-timey and maybe some funny, goofy music behind that that sounds like 1930. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the important takeaway from this is that, uh, most importantly, the doing of them will not cost anybody anything. That is something that you should always be careful about. Anytime someone says, I have a plan that will solve this oppressive system, but... It will re- liberate the oppressed without harming the oppressor. Um, that is um, a smooth evasion. There's no such thing as a win-win-win-win-win. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, we are in a society where there are not uh, unlimited resources. I, I mean, this, this would not be an issue if there was. And there's just people whose entire economies and lifestyle in capitalism is hinged upon preying on the more economically vulnerable you know like you you cannot have a privately run health insurance system which incentivizes you know all the bad things um and then try to like liberate people from it and then be like oh but we're going to keep these things in place like you are not going to liberate them because liberating them is defanging the oppressor like so all of these plans uh, and that includes UBI, okay? I, it does. It includes UBI. Looking at you, Yang. Looking at you, Andy. Andy and um, Andy. Uh, and, <laughs> and and it includes baby bonds and it includes a public option 401k. They will – these systems of financial exploitation will continue. 
Um, they will f- just start charging 400 baby bonds and $500,000 to buy a house instead of $500,000. Groceries will be one UBI instead of 575 for a loaf of bread. And um, I don't know, for a 401k, I don't know, they're just going to rip you off. Yeah. It's just, they're just, <laughs> now you've just, you're just forced to, to gamble your money in the market. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're def. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And 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 BlackRock will do very well from that. Um, so will Fidelity. This is good. I'm very. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. it's all about, guys. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is what we do. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, you know, Corey's out. Uh, Pete might be might might be done soon. Uh, Who maybe, knows? maybe he's done now. By the time this is released, it's really hard to say. And um, and Andy Andy Yang, uh, he might be done soon too. I, I don't. We don't know. Who who? Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see, see where the Yang gang mm. meanders. Yeah, to. Yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah. He does seem like a guy that you could get a drink with, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Andrew Yang is he, a he, very very positive. Guy. He's got good vibes on. Yeah, he's got a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's got a starry-eyed uh, look for and, sure. But Andrew Yang is also kind of like um, that T-shirt that um, that says "Life is good." You know? <laughs> yes. Like he's also that a is, little. That is exactly what he is. Like, <laughs> he has a coexist bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Marianne Williamson. And that, I, oh yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, he, you're right. He's definitely a life is good. You know, like, <laughs> he's a guy wearing those weird shoes that have holes in them that you can like that are kind of like toe shoes but different. Crocs. Uh, Keens. Keens. He's he's a pair of Keens or or Crocs. You know. I don't know what Keens are. Oh my God! They were all over Portland, Oregon. They're incredibly ugly. They like they make, they make your foot like shaped like a like a fucking duck's foot. And like I understand, most shoes are like not really conducive to the human foot. But like, let's not lean too hard into this guy. It's like, I get I get it, but come on. Um, yeah, let's not lean too hard into these candidates. Yeah, um, they'll fall over. <laughs> uh, anyways, th- uh, this has been uh, Ponzi Scream. Yeah. This has um, been Danny. God, this has been David. This is still Gabe. Still Gabe. Uh, God, God bless you all. God bless these United States of America. All right. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>